Middle-Aged Metalheads presents Real Men of Metal. Today we salute you, Metal Lord Colin Bosler. Every week, you are Mr. Brightside. In that basement of boners, we know that you have every record that's ever been released. And despite having a store, you refuse to sell a single one of them. So stand and be recognized, Metal Lord, because you are a real man of metal. And stand high above the middle-aged metalheads. Hey everyone, this is Dave Benichetti from Y&T. You're listening to Middle Age Metalheads. Turn it up! Hello again and welcome to another episode of Middle Age Metalheads. I am Michael Stamps, joined as always by my colleagues, Colin Bosler, the Metal hey. Lord. Hey, hey. Great out of Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Also out of Pennsylvania, we've got some David Timoney coming yeah. at you. There you go. And also John Harden coming at you from Austin, Texas. Yo. <laughs> so tonight, our first sort of, uh, you know, episode of the new year, 2023, um, is going to be uh, kind of a revisiting of our power ballad episode from 2000 dot 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 really? um and we're going to like troll again into the various songs that uh, make our eyes wet make panties wet and oh my God. just gonna talk <laughs> about some long. of the songs no, one and, and a half back, minutes everyone kids. happy 2023 yeah. what you, did you, you make any resolutions coming, michael right? We took a little uh, look under the hood, and people loved the Power Ballad episode. They loved right. the first one. And, this is like uh, a cash grab. Well, in, in a sense, except that, you know, this podcast generates no money. If anything, it costs us money. Um, ratings grab? Not yeah, ratings rate. grab. <laughs> ratings but people, people liked the first one. There were a lot of uh, ballads that we didn't speak about in the first go-round. So why what? not? Nice. We're not exactly. afraid to dip back into the well. And I, and I thought we'd just get paid in tears and wet panties oh my gosh i just love saying that i'm gonna add the bell ding yeah (laughs) (laughs) but first i thought i said my venmo app the little cuckoo noise or something yeah the weekend metal Metal. Is this this one who in metal? This 
That's an appropriate break. Who's first up mm. on the weekend medal this week? I don't know. What's on the thing? Do you looks guys want to like, abuse oh, me? Oh, Colin. First? Looks like Colin Bossler. It looks like you've got a very thorough. Story. <laughs> well, Colin's got Colin sends us tables and visual aids. Yeah, well, I wanted to remember all the details. So okay, yeah, yeah, um, and I even have a backstory. David, get your credit card. <laughs> no, yeah. David won't be won't be jumping on these. But no, um, when I was growing up, I used to collect baseball cards. And back in the day, all you had was straight up packs of baseball cards. There was nothing different. And I'm sure many people out there listening to us know that the the marketplace for baseball cards in the last you know 20, 30 years expanded greatly. And now you've got inserts and and chase uh, scenarios and and rare cards, one offs, and things like that. And Revolver decided to do that with vinyl. And I really think that that's a cool idea. They, they call them revolver icons. And when they do a run for records, they have a, we'll call it the common release, I guess, like again, like the cards. And uh, that's of course the vast majority. The one I, I sent to the gentlemen here who are making fun of it happened to be yeah. a book of shadows by Zach Wilde. It's a run of 330 records. The he first makes his own records. No, it's Revolver. What the hell? No, is that? but David means he. I mean, Zach like Wild making a solo. There's a Zach Wild record. Oh yeah, yeah. He's done some solo. <laughs> when he was younger, he did solo stuff. Actually, yeah. well, not just younger. He's, he had uh, Book of Shadows two came out about probably ten years ago, I guess. So wait, there's other <laughs> Revolver icon records then. Oh this yeah, isn't... absolutely. Okay, got it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of them are sold out already. So I think people are, well, are I mean, kind of the runs are small. 330 yeah. records. I mean, yeah, now there's four people on this podcast. Um, they were reserving four for us. So that means three are still available. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, what, what about all the immigrants in El Paso that don't have a copy of that? Hey, they do now. Right. So, but the runs do the runs are sometimes different but the, the point is the vast the majority are the, are the common release of whatever color they have like in Zach's case it's bronze but then they have 20 silver they have 7 gold 1 emerald 1 ruby and 1 sapphire and I think that's kind of neat for the vinyl collectors to make it a little bit better than just saying I want the colored vinyl but maybe you're going to get a special colored vinyl maybe you're going to get a one of a kind version from from revolver and I, I thought it was kind of a, a neat approach to releasing vinyl these days because vinyl's uh, you know really hot and popular and uh i just thought it was kind of a you know sit around the table somebody came up with a cool idea and said well why don't we kind of follow the sports card market and and do something you know unique like that yep. if you're looking for the emerald copy of book of shadows check in with age of metal around august <laughs> colin will exactly. charge you exactly three dollars more than it cost when it came out plus shipping there you plus go. shipping. Plus shipping. Yep. So I just it caught my eye and I started to play around. It is a cool bit. idea. I mean that yeah. that release doesn't really appeal to me. But who are some of the other bands they've released? Did um, you know offhand? Yeah, like, I, I was just looking up. Under Oath is there. Pussifer is one of their um, the people that they have there. Um, in my dying, in my dying arms, or something like that. It, they only have about maybe. Uh, when I just looked at maybe 15 sets that they call them or 15 releases, maybe 20 at the most. And again, a lot of them are sold out already. Um, So yeah, I just thought it was kind of a, so anyway, if you look up Revolver Icons and on their site, I thought this was kind of, it's in the beta. It even says on the site. It's a cool idea uh, to do do super limited. I mean, some of these only have one album. Let me try to get this straight. You order a wreck. Correct. And you might get one of the, any of the ones. That Correct. You don't right. know. Right. You don't get to pick the color. Correct. So they're all colored vinyl. You just Correct. don't know which one you're going to get. You might get a rare one. 
Right. You get a special one. Maybe you don't. It's like it's like a box of cereal, dude. What's hilarious is like there's going to be people who order this and they have no idea that this is going on. And they're like, and they call back and they're like, what the fuck? I ordered the bronze like it said it was bronze and they got a special one and then they return it. <laughs> and then they're like, Good and I talk to your manager. <laughs> and that's how that conversation goes. Now, let me just say, they're expensive. Yeah, 50 to 70 bucks. 70 that is bucks. a lot. For, yeah. It's a single record, right? Dude, you have a double, it's like a record. record store that sells like fresh metal stuff. It's like not for 70 bucks. You, you lift up a diamond. And no. I got that. I got that Celtic Frost box set. I want to say it was like two hundred and twenty bucks. There's like five records. But that's a box set. It's a box with a book and a poster. Yeah. Oh, so like a USB just, drive. So just do the math a on cassette. that. Cassette. Um, I mean, do, oh, and a cassette. But like, do the math on that. That's like that's still like fifty dollars a pop. It's kind of a lot. I mean, it, it's a double record. I mean, it's two LPs, but seventy dollars. It's a lot, man. It's yeah, kind it's of a lot. lot. Oh, they Looks got, like they've they got, got a bunch of Pucifer's black label society V is records. for vagina, two LP vinyl bundle. That's a yeah. classic. Yeah. I, I, I got that. I, shh, don't tell my mom. I got that for Mother's Day. Like, <laughs> stained live. Oh, yeah. Because I think I'm good. Yeah, right now I would say that besides BLS, they're not bands I'm running out to necessarily yeah, purchase. Yeah, they've got That's all right. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 to me, it's kind of, it would be neat to see I, I, they're selling, so we need to see how much they expand. Did and you get also, one? I did not. Mm. I did what? Not. I, I did not want to order, order one. Get yet. one in the parking lot for eight dollars. Better hurry. There's only three hundred and thirty, <laughs> and right now there's three hundred and twenty-eight <laughs> left. Like it's, they're not going to last. Gone. Right. Like, oh, I don't know. So yeah. we could meddle number two. What we got? Who that? That uh, would be David. Oh, is it me you already? You, you have looks blank, like it, right? I'm nothing, not blank, nothing. man. I'm, no, he he no. added some news. No, man. I've no, been, it's Mike, actually. Do you want to go? Okay. Oh, Mike. Mike. I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, going to correspondent Mike in Sellersville. Yes. So <laughs> the news in Sellersville is that... Uh, wait a second. I have to go back and look at the doc. Why is you oh, boy. like that? Yeah, we're back, everyone. Teamed up with Lizzie Hale. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I, was, I, I didn't want to, like, you know... Chris Daughtry, that you guys all know. Right. And American love. Idols, like a, Chris Daughtry, got it. Yes, yeah. he, he did not win, but yeah. he was like everybody's favorite because he was like oh, hardcore and heartfelt. Um, but he's teamed up with uh, Hailstorm's Lizzie Hale for a duet, which again reminds everybody that the 80s will never die. And they're doing a really awesome version of Journey's separate ways this is like and the it, whitest story ever it is so there is just this is the most if mayonnaise was music daughtry covering <laughs> journey with lizzie hale i did make the case that it was edgy music or really <laughs> but that's true <laughs> the, 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 the case i was making is like this is what they're doing yeah and I listened to it's it. Getting, and I, it's getting some traction because like, I think Daughtry's a very good singer. I haven't oh, he's liked great. I haven't liked his releases, but I do remember seeing him. You know, back when when he was covering stuff 
on American Idol. He's he's got a great voice. It was I an top-selling artist back in two thousand and seven. Uh, you know what? I, th- I, I think as remember. far as American Idol artists go, you've got Kelly Clarkson, obviously, who has sold millions. What of about records, David Archuleta? But that's what I mean. It's like, you know, people are, and, and the same thing train, is happening dude. now with The Voice, where there's all this anticipation and who's going to win. And it's week after week, people are voting. I'd say nine times out of a hundred, you might get a single that charts. Like the people who win these, they get signed to these long, long contracts in terms of records and, and you know, whoever's producing the show, you know, be it whatever, you know, producer behind the scenes is signing them to a to a label contract it doesn't really go anywhere or it hasn't gone anywhere most of these people fade off into obscurity as soon as they're off the show but at least daughtry has had a decent career beyond the show and and that can't be said of a lot of them yeah and and i think it was it was his underdog status the fact that he lost and also he's, he's again he's like a really great singer uh and he he writes a guy colin likes bo bites He's. He, yeah. I saw him live. Oh, He's yeah. excellent. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he yeah. sold three records. Yes, he did. I got you, Chris. I got you, Chris. Who did Bo Bice lose to? He lost to Carrie Underwood. I well, there, okay. see, there you go. So Carrie Underwood's, uh, okay. you know, obviously a name that that did something with it. Kelly Clarkson, both of those yeah. two are multi-platinum but like, artists. Yeah, but she, there she haven't like a, been that many. She had, a, she had a good fucking genre sleeve to like fit into too, as well. But like. Anyhow, like uh, the, the 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 combination, the duet that she does with the uh, he does with with Lizzie Hale, it's like it's, it's enormously good. And again, it, it, it's a little sort of like cross breeding and stuff. And and Lizzie Hale had, had done another ballad song too on, on our theme. It's like I like to stay on theme. Uh, yeah, she she's did good. Nobody's fool with Tom Kiefer. Yep. A few years back, and that's 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 a good checkout. And if you want to check side, out like, side story to Mike's story, there's a lot going on in the Journey world right now too. There sure like, is. sounds like I Neil Sean's buyer, Jonathan Kane, and Greg Raleigh's coming back for the tour. Didn't he they send just, Jonathan Kane like a cease and desist for like yeah for playing Journey at, songs at Mar-a-Lago? At Mar- and he was like, bro, like this that is not how this band works. And Kane, I think, was like, fuck you, this is what I'm doing. And uh Neil Sean said, My band, get the fuck out. Yeah. It's like uh, if, <laughs> if, 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 if you're if your backup musicians or your backup singers were doing like Don't Stop Believing or Marjorie Taylor Green and Jim Lake <laughs> Lauren and Kimberly Gilfoyle, uh get the fuck out. <laughs> and and just yesterday Sean posted so I guess there was a, a lawsuit ongoing with Steve Perry saying that uh you know he wasn't getting the the legal cut that he thought right. he was entitled to uh, of journey that that just got settled and neil sean posted the fact that that it had been taken care of and then wrote steve it's time for us to talk yeah so it's like they're going out on a 50th anniversary tour this is journey's 50th anniversary they're going with with toto greg raleigh's back in the band i mean I haven't bought a ticket. Tickets are very expensive. If Steve Perry's back, I'm back. Oh, that's going to pull that up. 100%. I want to see Journey. If, 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 if ever, this would be the time. This, this would, be, would the be the time. Yeah. Like, so. nobody's getting any younger. 
Especially. They put on a great show. I the Arnell Panetta, I think, is a great singer, and it's like Journey oh, now. Yeah. Uh, you know, every every show they're still super entertaining. But if Steve comes back, I'm there. They'll, they'll make Guns N' Roses money. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, you I know, mean, they've easy, got their, their tour right now is an arena tour, but if Steve oh, comes back, that stadium. that goes up to stadium. Oh, absolutely. Oh, shit, you don't Overnight. Even, like, you don't even like bring Toto along. Like, but I think they would. I think I think if Steve were to come back, they would probably do some sort of like AOR version of the stadium tour. Like, yeah. what you know, call, call, have Toto still on there. Call up Foreigner, call up Ario Speedwagon and make it to Loverboy. Loverboy's available. 100%. Those guys, yeah. they, they tour together now. Yeah. How about some Hall & Oates, David? Well, Sticks, I, dude, I love them. Yeah, but Hall, Hall & Oates can pretty much headline shows like that on their own. They're That's like, true. We're not, we're not sharing that money. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're done. But they're just sitting around. Yeah, they famous. just record shit over at Daryl's house. And, yeah, you know. Man. Thank you, John, for like rolling out the rolling up the carpet on me. Like, yeah, Daryl. Like Daryl Hall's like I can make that money in my basement. In yeah, David, what yeah. you got? So I had a good laugh about this. I, I I it took me a minute to to dig it back up because it hit, and then it went away. And uh, but two days ago, I saw this headline that Kerry King is pissed that Slayer retired. Oh, uh, and, I thought he was and, like, Slayer, dude. I'm cut now. You know what? Here's the thing, man. I, have I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not like super, I'm not super connected to Slayer. I like Slayer, but I like the first like four or five records of Slayer. I've really been out of the Slayer loop since what? Like, what was the one after Seasons of the South of Heaven? No, uh, the one with the face on the cover. God hates us all. No, before that, I want to. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's like their fifth record. Whatever. Okay. I've been out of the Slayer Eight, for a six. long time, you know, and Kerry King has kind of become like a caricature, right? Like he used to just oh, be like, like when he performed in the Beastie Boys video. No, I, no, 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 dude! Like he's that was got the thirty shaved, years ago. The shaved head, the big beard, and like the thirty five. Like the, the weird, like huge. Yeah, his big tattoos. nail, his big nail arm. I like the and... nail arm bits. It's the it's sure. The, it's the, like the 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 tribal tattoo down his arm. Like I'm just. I'm, I'm dumb over it, He's right? a lot. Yeah. He's a lot, right? Yeah. And it's like, I liked Jeff Hahnemann better as a guitar player. I like Dude, David everyone Bardo. everyone does. I like Tom Araya. <laughs> Kerry King was not my favorite guy in the band, right? I'm not saying I hate him. He just not, was not my favorite guy. He did a really good horse winning. <sighs> he does. Yeah. I all do, right? Um, yeah. But here's the thing. He's, first of all, he's like, he's given out now. Like, they've made their money, too. Like, just... You're rich, right? Shut up. You got your own freaking Marshall amp with your name on it, you know? You got all the money. Yeah. And now he's coming out and he's pissed. He didn't want to retire. We quit too early, he says. I hate not playing, he says. Now, nobody's stopping him from playing. That's exactly the same thing I said. So then he says. Fucking call Dave Lombardo and get a singer, and suddenly you're playing again. See, here's the thing. He's a rhythm guitarist. He's like, I've got a new band. I can't tell you who's in It's okay. a secret. And then oh. he says, all I can say is that the drummer is Paul Bostaff. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. sell, so basically sell the sizzle, Carrie. <laughs> right. It's going to be Slayer without Tom Araya. We got it. Like, yeah. who's singing? Right. You know? And, um, hey, so I'm just we're like... Just, we're just going to call it Layer. If the, like, if that's your... If that's your, like sneak 
you know, your little slip to like get people interested. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, I can't say who's in the band, but Paul Bosta and Gary Holt and me <laughs> are in but the it's band. A, but it's a secret. We're going to be doing yeah. uh, Rush's second album. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, he, he's kind of The rest of Steel? Awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know if it's news, but every time I hear, like, even the littlest bit, and then the, 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 the Bostaff thing, I'm like... Yeah. So you guys need yeah. you guys need help because this this is not, it's not this an is airport. Not no, no one needs to announce your arrival. Just play. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like it's like so many dudes who just tell constantly tell people what they're working on and then nothing ever comes of it. What, like, what just shut call, up. What, if you want to make a record, make a record. I don't John, care. What, what, did, what did you call that? Vaporware in, 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 in the in the in the in the chat. Invisible vaporware. Yeah, vaporware. Yeah, vaporware. vaporware. I mean, that, that's kind of what it is. You know, there's that term in the software industry where right. people will talk about a game that they're working on for a decade. Oh, this this is the game that's coming out, or it's a sequel to something. Yeah. And know, it'll be Half like Life, the most Half Life be the, Three. The most you've been working most on it for realistic. twenty years, and you play it, you'll get a and heart it just attack. never comes out. And <laughs> right. and that's Kerry King is like, I'm sure he's got a band, or he's like, you know, attempting to put together something. Just put, like David said, if you want to make a record, just make a record. What's it stopping you? It, it, it surprised like, people. It's been three years, dude. Like, I got man. investigators looking at stuff about Obama's, like, birth <laughs> records in uh, in Hawaii, and it's going to come out in two weeks. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, you know, the thing is... No. Eventually, look, this come out. I mean, Trump, Trump's taxes were vaporware for, like, a decade, but suddenly uh, there was a release. Dude, you this, know, it's the Chinese democracy of uh, this band stopped playing <laughs> financial information. This band stopped playing two years ago, dude. The band yeah. stopped playing two years ago. Trust me, if no, if the only person who has called you to put together a band is Paul Bostaff, just turn your phone off, dude. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> there's like plenty. The, yeah, just, just he knows everyone. If he wants to make a record, call someone. Who right. cares? I mean, you pay anybody, they'll show up and do your record. You call Dave Lombardi, he'll do your record. Tom Orion probably do your record, too. <laughs> I'm not going to see that. No. Fuck no. that. <laughs> I will. All right. Yeah. All right. Sit on the All right. Last, last week in metal, a quick were. one. Uh, Foo Fighters on New Year's Eve released a statement saying that the band will continue uh, post the death of Taylor Hawkins. And uh, they said, obviously, we are going to be a different band going forward. Uh, Taylor loved you. You loved Taylor. But the Foo Fighters will continue. So Dave Lombardo on drums. Uh, yeah, Dave Lombardo is going to play. You know, I, I said it before and, and there's been, you know, a lot of speculation online as to who will take his spot. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it's uh, I hope it's the drummer for the darkness. Uh, you know, Roger, Roger Taylor's son, Rufus Taylor, played with them at uh, at both of the Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts. He's a perfect fit. You know, Taylor Taylor was his godfather. Kind of okay. looks like him, kind of plays like him. Yeah, uh, yeah obviously. Like, there's uncanny resemblance. Yeah, uh, you know, he's, he's got Taylor Hawkins' hawk tattooed on his right shoulder, for God's sake. It's like, if there's a guy that would fit on the throne that the fans would instantly accept, not only accept, but appreciate. He's a yeah. very good drummer. And the thing is, is it's like, the darkness will will do just fine without him. They'll get by. You know what I mean? Call Paul Paul, Paul Bostaff. He's not doing anything. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they'll they'll get by. And I I think I think Rufus 
would be accepted by the Hawkins family, by the fans, by the Foo Fighters. I think he's just a very good fit. He's young and he's an energetic drummer. He's really good. And uh, he's got my vote. I hope he's the guy who, who okay. they continue. I, 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 I would, I would go with the, with, the, with the young girl too, that uh, had like the denim jacket. She was, with, uh, she Nandy was really Bushnell? energetic too. I, I, yeah, I can't remember her name, like, but she was like- Yeah, she, she's she like 12. Ballsy. Yeah, she was amazed. <laughs> it's like, holy hell. It's like, so, like, I don't know. Give her a shot. I think, I think she might need a little more time in the oven before she joins know, the, like, one of the biggest bands in the world. Graduate it's high school, like I guess. vaporize after the second gig. <laughs> I don't know. We don't want to have, like, another together situation on our hands. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. But, you know, they're the... the the, the parting note on their statement was, we will see you soon. So uh, okay. yeah. we'll see. My guess is next year. Yeah, I think 2023 will probably be a year where they lay low or record or, you know, just sort of regroup after after what happened in, in maybe 2024. We're thinking Bill's got to get paid still. Dude, I, I don't think any member of the Foo Fighters is so worried about paying yeah. bills. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I did mean that cynically, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, but it's still, like, bills, you still got to go back to work. You got to do the thing that you do. Yeah, um, well, and, and also, you know, we have talked about the bands that we speak about often on this podcast are starting to age out, even... Even the younger ones are not so young anymore. You know, you've got you've got Ozzy and those guys that are really sort of retired and, and getting off the road. The next class is the Motley Crews and this and that that are in their sixties or heading towards mid sixties, early seventies. They can't do it forever. And the Foo Fighters are fairly young. Not yeah. that they're a metal band, but you know, they are a rock band that can play arenas and stadiums, and these days that's a rarity. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. We, we will see. And we wish everybody well. And that, that's going to be an interesting, uh, for, again, like transition moment for, for the band and, and the fans and see if they make new music too. Yep. Um, oh, I, that, that, that I would be assured of. There, yeah, I don't think no. they're ever going to be a band that just goes out and plays the hits. Like, and well, judging no. by the length of their shows, they go out and they're like, well, we can only play for two hours. So what are we going to drop off the set list? They never do that. They just go, OK, now we're going to play two and a half hours. Now we're going to play three. Like if they have a new album, they just add songs to the playlist. They don't take any out. <laughs> so, no, it's yeah. fucking awesome. Their shows, their shows. I said that after the Taylor Hawkins show. I've never seen a bad Foo Fighters show ever. Ever. It was I would have gone another two hours like it was it was fantastic so anyway that brings us to the ballads episode part two more power <laughs> more power do we do we need to do this again like what why, why are we coming back to this Is I this... think we're coming back to it just because it's such a long road the 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 ballads discussion and 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 the amount of ballads that came out at the time you know if you if you want to hear us talk about the reasoning for the ballad and and sort of its rise and and not really its decline take a peek at our first episode i don't know what the number is but just search power ballads it's a long episode but we discussed why it became so important to bands of this time to have it on their album and why it became 
the way to give an album life after the first couple rock singles had come out and also in a way to promote the tour usually the ballad was was what they released when they dude, were about forever, to hit the road episode yeah. 60 dude Episode 60. <laughs> Holy um, crap. It's one of our most listened to episodes. We and, were children. For good time. reason. Those songs, most of those songs are at bare minimum top 10 hits, if not number ones. And so yeah. I mean, uh, we just felt picked, like yeah. there were more to listen and, to. And, and so. And, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's, a, it's a thing, too, John, too. It, it's like we, we, if we talked about the cross marketing uh, possibilities of it, it's like it, it brings in like uh, a lot of. Uh, potential FM radio play. It gets you some MTV play. It, it definitely uh, attracts a lot of female eyes and ears and gets them buying tickets and stuff. What else does it get, and, Michael? Or what, but also it allows bands. That's to too easy. Get, it allows <laughs> bands to get like a little more uh, emotional, sentimental, nostalgic. They get they get into areas where. You know, if we're just talking about like hard rock and heavy metal and stuff, like where you're usually sort of like not supposed to like uh, uh, express those emotions, the ballads they get your lighters flicking, and you know, and then it's time to like sort of like take a little meditative, like mindful moment and just sort of like oh, this is what life is about, right? It's about love, it's about being together, it's about sex but like sexy sex <laughs> not just sort of like you know i just fucked you against a dumpster because like that totally happened but that's a totally different story. yeah thank you john these, these are like slow grinds. you notice i move myself out of the frame if colin moves just... any further away from the mic he'll be on a different podcast <laughs> if, he, if he gets any farther away he'll be at the, the red hot chili pepper show <laughs> yeah. oh, oh let's oh, stop I'm, talking about what michael calls sexy sex and play some ballad <laughs> shall we please Please. I was also talking about dumpster sex too. That's a, that's a different thing too. We'll get there. I kinda, this think. is the this is the point in this show where I wonder to myself: Has Michael ever met a woman? <laughs> Define um, met. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what what, what what exactly we're talking about here. None of us do. <laughs> Shall we listen to some music? Please just press play. Let's three, listen three, two, to one. some music. <laughs> Michael, Michael okay, do you so, want to count us into our? Please uh, just use numbers. All right. So if you okay, we'll just use numbers. We're and for the money. You know, like Spotify. One, two, three. As we begin, my song is the first song that leads us off. You don't right? often lead off, John. This is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. You're not my, often the lead off batter. My he first made, song tonight the list. is from Skid Row's second record, Slave to the Grind from 1991. The song I chose was Wasted Time. And, you know, in the first episode, we talked about how, by and large, most of the ballads of the time would focus on love you know the the desire for love or the loss of love and that we we had a subgenre that we had talked about where that were like the suicide songs wasted time is a song that's sort of in between wasted time was written with steven adler in mind <laughs> and it, it was written by sebastian bach rachel bolin and dave snake sabo and they had been on tour with guns and roses uh 
for uh, for you know part of part of the Appetite Tour and part of the Illusion Tour when they had replaced Steven Adler with Matt Sorum and they had become friends with him and they were watching his decline. And if you listen to the song and if you watch the video, it's also the progression of sort of gateway drugs and it ends with heroin. And, uh, you know, they, they've said it was just just an exploration of sort of watching the demise of their friend in slow motion. And uh, Rachel Bolin actually hates this song. He calls it the <laughs> biggest piece of shit we ever recorded. And he's one of the co-writers. But yeah. like, that said, it was the only single from Slave to the Grind that charted. Slave was yeah. a number one record. Which, which, which was the record that like shipped like multi-platinum. Right. It was a number one record in terms of sales, but singles wise, this was the highest charting and it which, only which went guy's to 88. That? Is that, is that, uh... Is that chain wallet? It is. It's wallet guy. chain. He's the bassist. <laughs> no, he, 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 he's got like a nose chain too. Yeah. But I always thought this was one Full of the two dollar songs on Slave to the Grind. I think uh, Sebastian's got a really powerful vocal in it. Um, you know, they're a band that did ballads very well, obviously, from the first record. Uh, and I think this one holds up just as well to the first record. Yeah, yeah, it's a really mature, a mature song for somebody at this stage of their career. Because they're really young still at this time, right? Absolutely. Not, yeah, and and to even consider singing about something like that when you're in the midst of the mess, and the midst of the drugs, and the midst of all this stuff—that's pretty. That's pretty deep. I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it does have that added added element of they're not writing a song just to write a song. They're not writing a ballad just to write a ballad. Right. Yeah. Because it's a song written in tribute and in observation of a close friend, it has a layer of meaning to it that maybe some of the ballads at the time don't. Um, yeah. I just think it's well-written and well-performed. It's, it's a very solid song. It's, it's, it's definitely a great track off of this record. And I, I've been hearing a lot of uh, the Quicksand Jesus, which is also on this record. Too. I love this like, album. Yeah, I, I think like people go back to like uh, I remember you, and uh, of most people don't listen to that song anymore. They just listen to David's peak of peak metal version of it. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, again, it just it, it just Snake and and and, and the guys so they could they could put together like some really powerful powerful power ballads, um, and the, that aren't necessarily about love. They're you know, they, they fit into like that category where it's like they're more meditative, they're more it's, it's emotion that isn't just sort of like stirring up the crowd and murder in the front row and shit. It's like I think of like uh, Tesla's uh, song and emotion too, which is about right. Steve Clark, Clark, which is uh, again another parallel there too to, uh, and, and actually tonight as we're that. recording this was the passing of steve clark 1991. that's yeah. right yeah also elvis's birthday what's like it's a little long it's a I lot was, long. i was just gonna say it's my only criticism is, of it it yeah, should have ended now yeah. instead of this last movement it drags <clears> it out yeah but also it's it closes the record and i wonder yeah. if that was added just just as yeah. a, a final sort of you know 
icing yeah. on the cake, knowing that it was going to be the final song. Yeah, that's, I mean, did that, they that, have that, any really big hits on this record? Gone. Slave to the Grind, I think, you know, got got a fair amount of play. The first the first song on the record, oh, I yeah, think that was... played on on you know Headbangers Ball a decent amount. It's got that video with them on the train tracks, you know, sort of all yeah. all performing. I but think you know, top it, to bottom, it's a good record. Yeah, really I think, yeah, I think the monkey monkey business was like the first thing. That's true. That's monkey a great business song. Is a, was the yeah. first uh, thing, and, and, that, and that's like still like a fierce song oh, and a fierce awesome. video. Yep, it's like that was like, oh, this is your sophomore record. Okay, yeah, you've got Ooh, David's got a, a good one. Better. There you go, Dave. Yeah. This is mine. I, I I think we've listened to this before at my urging. We talked about it on the first album, but. No one played it in full. What do we got yeah, here? We got the Ballad of Jane by L.A. Guns, and I'll, I'll I'll be the first to tell you I've never been an L.A. Guns fan. Um, but Fuck this you. song this song was in heavy rotation at a time that I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to Headbangers Ball. But you know, it's it's like a really well written tune. It's just a great song, you know, um, which I can appreciate. The hook on it is really good and raw, right? Nice little melody. And uh, it's not about, you know, some like made up thing. It's a, it's an ode kind of to Jane Mansfield, you know, the pinup model, um, and the like the blom bombshell, the this the kind of uh, archetypal hourglass figure hottie that you'd see on like posters and books and magazines and things back in the fifties. Um, that apparently Tracy Guns had a thing for when he was a kid, um, and then. Uh, you know, I mean, I think I think being L.A. Guns, everybody just assumed that this was about somebody who died of a drug overdose. <laughs> well, you, yeah. you're bringing an L.A. I'm going to speak for for our other two pals here. <laughs> you're bringing an L.A. Gun song to three three L.A. Guns fans. Yeah, like, right. I, I think uh, I think L.A. Guns is a great band, and this is you know this is from their second album, Cocked and Loaded. They're fucking great. They just—they're just a very good underrated band. Yeah, for very David to bring this band. impressed me. When I saw this, I'm like, surely it must be John. Nope. <laughs> Is David? What? It's a good call, Dave. Dude, you know, I'm gonna yeah. tell you, I had this song stuck in my head for years, and I was like, I know people who know, like, I could just like mumble through it. I didn't know the words. I just remembered the hook, that melody, and it's a—it's a good tune, man. Yeah, it's strong. It's yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a powerful song, and it's it's a good call, David. And 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 again, yeah, we again like, you know, I, I don't love L.A. Guns for their ballads per se, but like when they do it with Phil Lewis and, and Tracy Guns, they do it really well. Yeah. Like one one more reason to die is like off their first record, like that one. That's the dagger. That will murder you. Like, and we ever been like in a heartbreak situation? That's a song. And we we spoke about it, Mike, after you guys saw them not not too long ago come through. Like like Armored Saint, L.A. Guns is a band that is continuing to put out good yeah. new music. Yeah. Absolutely, it's still great. Absolutely. Live. They are they're, not resting on their laurels. Like their new stuff is good. They, again, like they they. Again, like and it's great, like uh, that Phil and Tracy are back together, and whatever whatever the you know Stephen Riley's doing is, is is great for him. But like, 
nobody's going to go see that sort of Ponzi scheme. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a question that always sort of appears that David sort of like already put his finger on it too, was like the idea is like, so like whatever happened to Jane and like, so the Eddie Trunk answer to the question to Colin's delight was like, oh, well, nothing. It's just a song. How is the name spelled? It's spelled with a Y. Right. J-A-Y-N-E. Jane. And yes. So like, even like quotes like some of the band members and stuff. Where did they perform the video? Does anybody recall? I do not. I know. It's like a fucking Playboy Mansion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, so like, if, 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 to like connect what I'm not doing QAnon sort of like a mind-boggling stuff with you, but like you connect one dot with the other dot, the other dot. Like at least the people who produced the video knew that there was a connection, but also you spelled the name of the Y. And if you go to Penn Argyle, you just go up a little bit into Berks County and stuff, you could visit her grave. And it's spelled J-A-Y-N-E. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's a thing. Go this do has yourself, been the life go do of yourself James a rubbing. Go do yourself a rubbing up there. <laughs> what oh, we got here? What, what kind of rubbing are we talking about, David? Yeah, well, I like this one. Oh, oh, like a great Michael's first rubbing. choice. Yeah. What'd you think? I think <laughs> the song. All right. So uh, along the lines of uh, what we were talking about, like the more meditative uh, sort of ballads, here is a song that comes from... I'm gonna I'm gonna say like this is not an a, a band or an album that everybody's terribly familiar with, but it comes from a band called Wasted, and the song is called So Long. Um, which, if you say it enough times, will make you feel a lot of different ways about what it means to say so long. <laughs> but. Uh, it's a good album. I think, yeah, John Harden had this, this on CD so, early yeah, on. Yeah, I like this record. And, um, and Heat Way. Heat Way, because that's why it's spelled Wasted with a Y. Oh, just like is that Jane. why? Yeah. yeah, it's his band. Oh, also because of Jane Mansfield, too. No. <laughs> Suddenly done. Um, <laughs> but this is an album ender after like a great series. I think of like, I think there's 10 tracks on here. This one concludes more or less all written by uh, more or less uncredited singer-songwriter Danny Vaughn, who would go on to be in the band Taiketo. Taiketo. Yeah. I'll say it twice because I got that pronunciation wrong. But like this, this is a song that uh, found its way onto um, remember mixtapes? Remember mixtapes? Sure. Yeah. I'd make mixtapes. And mixtapes right that now? I made were like uh, mixtapes of like power ballads. And this one was on there because this is the song that's like, it's, it's sentimental, it's wistful, it's it's powerful in a way. It, it, if, you, if you read the lyrics and you listen to it intently, as I have for 35 fucking years, it's like, it's, uh, it, it, it gives you a, a moment of like uh, reflection and pause. 
It's got the harmonizing chorus, like a damn Yankees, like yeah. <laughs> like well before damn Yankees and stuff. It's it's definitely a success. They were just the old Yankees. They were just Yankees. And it's you know it's but like the whole whole the the, the lyrics and the imagery of it are just sort of like about like what it means like so long it's like basically it's like this is the end of the tour this is the end of the road it's not about like a woman per <laughs> se this is the end of our career and, <laughs> like, and we just we just we just we just part our ways it's kind of a shame this album didn't do more at the time yeah. i like it yeah, yeah it's a great had, song heaven tonight was their biggest hit yeah. i think and we saw that on uh the, the you know the, the whatever like the mtv show was at that point but like this, this song is like for me, like always gonna be like goosebumps and like maybe like a little poo tear. It's just like, it's like, and just see your head headlights down the road. And it's like so long, so long, so long. The road is so long, and it's also so long. Goodbye. Another deep thinker of a track. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. This oh, is. Uh, I mean, it's- it reminds me of something. Can't quite okay. put my finger on it. I, I, I like the chorus, like the the harmony chorus. It's good. Yeah. No, they, 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 again, like uh, we, 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 this we is great saw, live. We 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 we, we saw Wasted we, we saw open up live. for like that for that epic show um, of Wasted, Tesla, Y&T, and who's the other band? Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. <laughs> like Pete Way on, on stage, like Spartan taking his last Stadium like, in San Jose like, on the Somewhere in Time tour. Along. Fuck yeah. We had listeners like, of this podcast there with us. Oh. But like, uh, I think I, I, I still have like, well, no, I, no, no, no. I, I, have, I have this record on cassette, CD. I, th- I think I still have the CD somewhere. Yeah. No, I remember you, John. You you had that. First. That was one of my first CDs. Yeah. Yeah. That and Vinnie Vincent Invasion. There you go. Good taste. <laughs> even as and a child. also, just to go call back to your point, like it's an album ender. So. Right. There's no fade out. They just yeah. Like, yeah. No. no go like, man. You gotta fill go this man. shit up. Like, yeah, man. If you're gonna have sexy sex. Sexy yep. Speaking sex, of sexy that? sex, Colin Bosler has entered the conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. This my well, my first song. Farts? My, my my first song is not so deep. It doesn't yeah. have uh, it's it also have, not a ballad. I was that's, gonna say I wasn't gonna say that's anything gonna about be that. like my my uh, my vote here. You don't think Love, this is a power ballad? I, I think this is a great song. Okay. I However. do not think it's a ballad. <laughs> Okay. We'll, we'll put it to the other the other esteemed members. I'll, I'll add. I'll put this as a poll on the, on the podcast when it publishes, and people can chime in as to whether this counts. <laughs> I mean, it does have keyboards. Is it playing yet? It it's, is. It's, this so, is yeah. a song. Colin, please introduce us to your first pick. <laughs> well, in my mind, anyway, the power ballad "Edge of a Broken Heart" by Vixen. <laughs> I. If you listen to the harmonies and you listen to the to the chorus, there's a crescendo. Should I be looking at anything? Well, I mean, if you want to look at the ladies, you can, you can check the out video. the band Vixen. Nice. Sure, it's part of the appeal. Okay, I I think to me that this is a ballad. 
Because again, listen to the, the the crescendo chorus, them all singing together. I, I think it's it's a, it's such a great melody, written by Richard Marks and Fee Waybill. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I did know that it was written by Richard Marks. I mean, it's, it's buried in my fuck. mind. It doesn't somewhere. surprise me. Richard Marks is a good songwriter. Yeah, and I think the Fee Waybill part has a lot to do with what the Tubes were doing back then. Because remember, they had some big hits back. Let, uh, let's late, influence late the poll, David. This is not. You about said influence the poll. It's not about. Not by any This is like this is like your number one single. It's like is, is this like your this is our just got lucky. We're gonna do that one. But, all right. Okay. Well. But, 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 I mean, we'll like, listen it, to. It. We're not cutting this. Yeah, off. We'll, I like this song. Always. It does have like a good, a good couple songs that are ballad though too. What was their big ballad? I, I'm going to think it's... As, it's as Colin the, whispers, edge of a broken heart. And yeah, I'm not answering. I'm waiting for my good answer. <laughs> I, I was just like waiting on the big one, but like that's not it. Oh, either. no. You know what their video was, or their ballad was? Crying. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have worked. I but just like, think this song is ballady. Okay, so tell, tell us more about it. That's it. I, I think it's a very nice melody. I think it's got a nice ballad to it. It's a uh, good track. It, it charted well. It almost made the top 20. 26 looks like yeah. it topped out at. Yeah, it's a good song. Thanks. Was, was this like their sort of like introduction to the world? Yeah, this is the first track on yeah. their first record. And uh, I, 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 when I bought it, I thought it was a great intro. I think it's a, it's a solid record. And it's uh, like... It's like a like a band. Like you like Lita Ford, there's a band of them. Yes, I you know I think that was probably the idea. That's <laughs> you know that's yeah. where they got signed at least. Like everything was hitting back then. They were on EMI. Actually, they were distributed by Pasha. Yeah, by Pasha. There we go. Yeah, Quiet Riot, Vixen, also known as. The death kiss for most people. <laughs> Basically saying like, well, but but again, like they got videos too. Richard so, Marks again, apparently like, is in the video for this song. Well, there you go. Super cool. <laughs> so yeah, maybe more Richard power Marks. and less ballad, but I like the song. Uh, it's a good song. Thanks. Because <laughs> it is a power ballad episode. So maybe I maybe I hit the power Indeed. part. You and I didn't hit the, the power part. That's maybe right. Too much power. Too the much the power. unrelenting power of Vixen. <laughs> <laughs> Step aside, man of war. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> I guess one of the things I think you Roxy need to hear. Petrucci. Is here to That's right. Bring the power. I, yeah, I, and again, like they're they're they're, they're actually still touring. Whatever whatever they call. I, them. I gotta say, play? man, the last time I saw them, I saw them play with Queensrÿche and uh, Striper, and they were really good. Yeah, but like the only original member is the drummer. Yes. So there's they there's all Roxy like, Petrucci. They all look like yeah. extras from my cousin Vinny. Okay. Now. Now with this pick, I decided. To, I decided. I'm like, what is the cheesiest, oh. syrupiest ballad oh. that I could pick from? You the got top? it. You got it. I got. Not only did I get it, I fucking like this song, and oh. 
I love Aerosmith and <laughs> admittedly I love Armageddon. <laughs> I think oh, I like the movie. This song is just too much. <sighs> Here's the thing okay. with this song. Okay. So this this song was written by Diane Warren. Yeah. Who's written a zillion hits. She wrote this song with Celine Dion in mind. Well, that I can it, see. It wasn't until they cast Liv Tyler that that the label and that Michael Bay went to Steven Tyler and said, what do you guys think? And and so so the song shifted to Aerosmith. And she said that the first time they played this song was at the Sunset Marquee. I guess Aerosmith was staying there and she came to visit them. And she said that the first time she heard Steven Tyler sing it to her, that's when the song came to life. Anyway, okay. Yeah, no, like, you know, this yeah. this song came out. It didn't come it was you know a little late for Aerosmith. It came out in 1998 because it was on the Armageddon soundtrack. Earlier that year, their Nine Lives record had come out and had completely stiffed. You know, mid-80s they had come back with their with their sort of resurgence with permanent vacation and with pump. They had done some really big tours, they had huge singles you know, a, a return to form for a band that had had its struggles in terms of personnel and drugs and, and whatever else. So, you know, Nine Lives comes out and, and is a bomb, essentially. This song comes out and goes to number one, stays number one for a month straight and becomes one of the biggest singles of the year. So in a way, a, a, another comeback, you know, it's ironic that an album called Nine Lives stiffed, but for a band that's had nine lives, like just and, another and chapter them, of, yeah. of returning to the spotlight. And, you know, obviously it was helped. Armageddon was the number one movie of 1998. So you've got a huge movie propelling a huge single by a band that a lot of people know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, wasn't there a thing that they didn't play like other people's music? Wasn't that the whole... You know, I that the, was like the headline for this. Well, I was just reading some other, you know, some other notes about this song, just getting ready for the episode. And apparently before this, Diane Warren had written specifically for Aerosmith in the past. They had been paired up with Geffen, had paired had paired her up with Aerosmith. And the things that they had written together in the past were never recorded. Or yeah, if they recorded yeah. them, they just never made the records. <laughs> and this was the first collaboration that got released. But, but, but this wouldn't be like uh, Aerosmith's like first flirtation with like a, a really epic sort of uh, power ballad. Oh, either. not of at course, all. I, I mean, Dream know, On was probably their first big, big song. Dream On is a classic, of course, and yeah, that's a making, good song. again, like song a song like most of the band didn't want to perform, but like. You got that, but you, you, you know, know why this? I kind of love this song, Colin, because it's also a snapshot of the '90s at the time. Like you can full on see ah, them I do not playing disagree this at the with Grammys that. or some shit, yes. and Michael Kamen is there, like you know, orchestrating a 52 piece. I don't disagree uh, with one word you're saying, John. I just this is the when I leave the Aerosmith shows. Uh, this song goes on. I'm like. <laughs> Not me. Nice. This is when I fucking spark Dude, it up. But that, like, get that lighter in the air with the nah, drink. Man, this like, that, I'm, the, I'm, that scene comes I'm on in the movie. In. That scene comes on in the movie, and you're like, I just, I just need to go get another beer, honey. I'll be right Look, back. And I, you like wipe the, your tears Armageddon away in the kitchen. To me, as a movie, 
that is fucking awful. And at the same time, if it's on, you're crying, dude. It. You're crying like, right here. It's yeah. so Tyler's good. Like, it's really it, good. It is. Like, I love you, honey. They, they also collaborated with uh, Desmond Child for like the earlier uh, power ballads, like Angel off of Permanent Vacation Records. One of their, yeah, I actually like, thought about playing Crying. Certainly, like yeah, one of their, my choice. Certainly a comeback practice for them, and so it kind of got everybody into the vibe. Like they're going to do some like maybe some sort of like more mainstream stuff, and got them on MTV. That was you know. Can that we was bring this thing. thing back down to like earth level okay <laughs> let's do it david because from a number one single to a single that wasn't a single <laughs> it's this, a song though this song picked it up, is a good song this song picked up steam well after this record came out but from the record the original release act three death angels a room with a view which mm, that's good they popped out an acoustic version of this in this century and it's great but i mean for us for a band like death angel having just cranked out two like burners of like really off-center thrash they put out act three which is a very mature record um and if people are not into death angel or we're not into death angel do yourselves Fuck a favor like i did totally i'm, I'm not death gonna kid you dude the the kid in my that played bass in my band in high school was super into death angel and I never gave them the time of day. Uh, and I've, I've talked about that before. I've gone back since and listened to the whole catalog. And I missed it, dude. They're good. This song so this is one. a really so good song. Death it Angel really with shows off song. A Room with a View. Is the name room of the song. View, yeah. um, really great tune. I mean, these guys were all very good players. And I think they're, they're all like related or friends somehow growing up because they were super young when they came out. Yeah, they're, they're East Bay. They're, they're definitely straight out of Oakland. Um, yeah. Yeah, really good band. Um, and this, Part of that whole scene. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot of the history of this stuff because, like I said, I wasn't listening to this stuff when it came out. Um, if you look up the tune, they'll say it's kind of a perspective on, you know, life as a blind person. Um, and I don't know if they've answered that question nowadays or if they intended that when they wrote it. But that's what that's what I hear. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. I, th I think that's that's what we when we talked about like um, you know uh, in, in the previous episode if I'm remembering correctly like episode 60 my brain could actually like uh, you know betray me but like yeah you know, there there are definitely ballads like Fade to Black or Armored Saints Isolation they're like these aren't love songs they're like we're gonna slow it down or my pick from like last from that episode was uh, a song called The Ballad by Testament, you know, right there with uh, with Death Angel and stuff. It's like, yeah, just slow it down a little bit, get, get the lighters out, get people to just like slow down the mosh. Yeah, I mean, it kicks build. in, dude, oh, like now right build. now. Yeah, it's good. And it's not over the top. It's not like the band who, you know, back in the, back in the 80s, you know, when somebody, uh, some metal band would like, do something all like soft and 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 sweet and then like pull the rug out from under you and be like psych um <laughs> but that's totally what they're doing now i know i mean it gets it's, heavy it's but like, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's appropriate sort heavy. of like loud loud soft loud hard what? you know it's like fade to black fade to black gets really 
angry at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you say Mahler? Yeah, check out Mahler. And I, I don't, I don't agree. Mahler's music is neurotic. It's, it, yeah, I, it's, I wouldn't credit it with being purposive. I don't know. I, I drink and know stuff. <laughs> but I'm not a dwarf. None of these ballads end. No. That no. was the natural end of that song. Is this the last song on this record? Uh, no, I don't think it is. It might be the last song on that side. I may not have had the popular choice, but my song is shorter than anybody else's so far. This is true. Because it's, mm. it's a rock song. They're not that long. <laughs> <laughs> what about the ballady rock songs? <laughs> yeah. the people, the people will support me. They always, they always support me. The people have my back. People. Yeah. Is this where we're going? Yeah, both of you write in and tell us. <laughs> the That's right. right. That's right. Yes. Right. We're going to get all stuff, this stuff. Collins mailbox full of your fan letters. Right. Michael's That's hot right. take two. <laughs> tell us about your next track there, Mikey. I'm not hearing it yet. Give me a second. The long, see, that's the thing with the ballads. It's the long fade. Oh, yeah. You got the long fade. Cause look, it's, Did somebody just end the song? A, it's the end of the album, or it's the end of the side. The longest track tonight's by a punk band. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> okay. So this is Great White's Save Your Love. And thank you, Michael. Uh, yes, yeah. Have you heard it before, Colin? <laughs> well, I have. Yes. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good song. Um, Mike, no. do you remember when we were kids and this would play on KSJO and they had sort of like they had the band had either been right. in the studio and they sort they of would, shoehorned KSJO into the beginning they, of the song. They would, they would they would fuck up. They would just like they would throw in like a little blurb. Like KSJO in there, like awake in the night, listening to KSJO, something yep. like that. Like, they yeah, totally did that. That's I, I, I only I, remember that, like, right now. I, I, <laughs> like, and, I, and I had been thinking about that too, going like, oh yeah, they did. You're that. like, why do I know this song in a different way? Yeah, but this 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 is a song. Uh, let's 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 put it in like a one context. Um, so like there was there was a friend of mine who uh who once um got into like a, a motorcycle accident the point where like he like basically had like scalped himself Scott, if you're out there hope you're doing well but like when when they found him they're like dude can you take my hat off i was like dude that's not a hat it's your scalp and then when when whenever i'd see Whenever I see Scott afterwards, he's a he's a little different. He was a little different after that. But uh, whenever this song would come on, he would get like very maudlin, and like I totally knew this too because like this for me, from the the time that I heard it, when I first heard it, when I first got this record, I'm gonna say in like '86 or so. This was like the record. Uh, once bitten, um, and this is like an album ender. It's like this is like I don't know. I don't. I don't. Not a poet. I don't know how I. 
how to express my feelings of like love to another person. But like, thank you, you know, Jack Russell and you know, and, and the guys in, in Great White for like just you know, they they just like everybody else does. You like you build on like other people's experience. It's like this was like for me like a portal. It's like this is sincere and endearing and just powerful all together and it's like one of those songs and there's like you know when, when, when I when I first heard this song and then I introduced it to like this young girl that I knew in high school it's like and then you know it's like it's it's one of those sort of things where it's like you don't even need to hear the fucking music at a point like you could almost like just like have the music playing in another room but these and you can walk away and you still know the fucking lyrics and it's intense so save all your this, love this song was perfectly work. timed i mean it came out in 1987 which was really kind of ground zero for this type of ballad by this type of band yeah and it, it, it's, it's another song. album ender too what song but yeah and, and again it's on once White. bitten this is oh, like it one, is. One, one yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that 87? 87. I think. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense. Probably. That makes sense. If I said 86, Ish. then... Yeah. But again, like, it, it just... If, if you don't have the language, you don't... If you, even if you don't even have, like... What, what are, what are my, what, what's my emotion at this point? Like, at least you have, like, some poetic architecture to sort of like structure your sort of like relationship with another person and I don't know it fucking works and, and if, if Mick Mars is like popping up on my back, back shoulder like the bad devil it's because it's Mick Mars and Jack Russell wrote this with a guy who's not in Great White and brought it to okay. the band Richard Marks again? No, Stephen Williams is okay. his name. I don't know who that is. I guess he was in the band for a bit and then left before yeah. this, well before this ever came out. Oh, and, okay. And, and again, like Great White is a band that we don't like really mention a whole lot Thank or, or uh, discuss. I don't know, Dave. Like, I, I like Great White. I, I fucking love the fucking hell out of Great White. The early albums are so good. Damn, like the, the first and like, he can uh, self-titled sing. record. Yeah. yeah. Jack Russell had a great voice and they were like a ripping ass band. They, they made Dawkins like pussies. Mark Kendall <laughs> on guitar. That's not hard. That's not, not the goal here. It's <laughs> not the goal, but it's like... I mean, oh, what do you, what's this guy like go. compared to, say, Dawkins? Now. Yes. Oh. Is this the debut Somehow of this band on this podcast? Beat. This is definitely the first time. This well, didn't, didn't weren't they in Power Ballads one? I thought oh, I no. looked up. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, well, I don't know. Actually, look let at me, the Let notes. me go check. Yeah, Colin. I thought that they were there. But no, they weren't. I'm looking right now. I, Colin, know, Colin, I know Colin, Colin was wishing please. they were there. Um, Stuart, tell us about your pick. <laughs> I, I put Stuart? Winger. I put Winger on our podcast because <sighs> I really like Winger. I like Winger a lot. And uh, this is from their second album, In the Heart of the Young. And uh, I think that the, um, it's a great song. I think it's got, a, again, wonderful melody. 
Now, who doesn't want some winger? Listen to that. (laughs) 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 Yes, but like... Winger, it's power. It's ballady. This is a ballad. I will give you that. You're getting closer. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's an upgrade from Vixen. It's not. Um, But it it does satisfy satisfy the assignment. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, Teach. You get get partial credit. You get partial credit. You know, it's the abuse from all of my friends that I take that that just makes this podcast podcast worthwhile for me. Winger is like the Toto of crap metal. If mayonnaise, what? <laughs> yeah, seriously. If mayonnaise was a fruit, it would be avocado. But I like avocado. What was it? Is was headed for the heartbreak? Was that their first ballad? Yeah, I think, yes. Yeah. I mean, at its I core, think that one's a little better. At its what, what, core, most, when you think about songs written to get you to sexy sex or dumpster sex, all of Winger's songs are ballads. Like, like, and then Madeline was like a, the first. Oh, that's the second record, isn't it? What's that? Madeline. Madeline. Madeline's on the first one. Is is that the last single on the first one? See, I I seem to remember that coming out really late. This is the second record, right? Yes. Miles away. This album did nothing. Easy come, easy goes on this. On this, which is fantastic. That that one was got some play. That's got some. That's got some heat behind it. You know, but so like again, like um, his teeth this, are this, so this is, white. Again, like you, you delve into <laughs> this genre, you're gonna get into songs where it's like these songs are a little sappy, sentimental. It was this or Firehouse? For right I went with Winger. I legitimately like Firehouse more. All right, that singer for Firehouse though just sounds like he's like a caricature. Of I kind of like him. Eighties singers. Oh no, he told me. What's is. that song I like, Colin? The one that I was like that I had to begrudgingly give to Firehouse. Oh, the one about uh, she, she wrote me a letter. Oh uh, yeah. Um, what's that song called? Uh, give me a second. I'm busy. I'm busy singing Winger. Busy singing. Leave it alone, honey. Just need a couple more minutes. <laughs> singing Winger. Bye uh, bye, baby. Bye bye. Something uh, like that. Give me one second here. I'll be there in just a moment. All she wrote. All, All she wrote. wrote. There you That's go. a fucking jam right, right there. Yes, that it was is. A, that was a week. <laughs> All she wrote. That's the one. All she wrote's good. <laughs> See, their first record. Such a good song. Their first record. The cover looks like a high school art project. Yeah. How about, how about, how about like Love so Kills weird, by like just... Benny Vincent Invasion? And then the second record away. has the high school art project like in a little circle at the top of the second record. Oh, does it? Hold yeah, look at it. it. Yeah, it does. Winger two. Hey man, That's use that right. again. It's great. Winger two, like because like is that a, is, two. What is that? A tank? What is is That's that supposed a tank? To fucking oh, it's a, it's a guy. It's a guy with like radar eyes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I mean on the second record. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. It's like a tank. What's that thing in the middle? It's a man's face. We we spoke about how crucial it was in the mid '80s to have a ballad on your record to uh, to bring the ladies into the conversation and go on tour with. I chose a ballad that just came out four years ago for my last song. This is Ghost's song "Life Eternal" on the prequel record. Um, I just thought it was a lovely song. It, it's, it's a song about someone who's recently deceased 
it's got a, it's got a little touch of Satanism with it, which Ghost yeah. likes to uh, Ghost likes to add as as the frosting to their cake. Yeah, it's a nice song. I just in general, I think it's well performed, well written. Um, it sounds like a lot of Ghost music. If you like them, you do. If you don't, you don't. But uh, pretty good ballad. Yeah, I was really impressed when I saw this. I was like, oh my goodness, somebody picked something relatively current. I think I think they they continue the tradition set forth to them. You know, it's no secret that Tobias Forge is a student of 70s and 80s rock, hard rock and metal. And I'm sure he has a great appreciation for a lot of the songs that we've been talking about, both on our first episode and this episode. And uh, I, I think this follows in those footsteps. But in Ghosts, in their style. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. a lot of the ghost stuff I like because it's like, let's say you put on like a Kiss record and it's like, no matter what the topic is, it's like playing Where's Waldo? Like, where's the part where this song is really about sex? <laughs> and with and Ghost, with like, ghost like, where's the devil hiding? Where's the part where it's really about I'm trying to get you to spill your blood or your virginity for Satan? <laughs> and... That's more interesting to me, right? It's like when you when you listen and your kid listen to Kiss and you're like, she wants a rocket ride. Like, oh, well, this song's about sex. <laughs> Makes it kind of gross now. <laughs> I do I do like the fact that uh, Ghost in a way is very clinical. You can I, like Tobias Forge is definitely like mixing a chemical cocktail of things that have worked in the past. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know how deep the emotion flows in some or in their music. Mm. Obviously connects with some people. Cause like when we went to that concert, Dude. there were people there that were like, they were acting out. It meant a lot to, to some of the people there. And like, yeah. and we enjoy the hell out of it, but like maybe not to that extent, but uh, you can tell like in a ballad like this, I, I think it's a ballad that's concocted in a very specific way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost like, I hate to make this comparison because it's going to sound terrible, but just go with me. It's like when when you hit those moments in Stranger Things when they really nail it. Right. It's like that. I mean, this, I think, is more kind of masterfully crafted and deliberate than something yeah, I like think that, I think things. that's a great comparison. You take the Duffer brothers and those are guys that were raised on Spielberg and Stephen King. Yeah. And sometimes they just hit the nail on the head. Right. And and Ghost is exactly that. That's a great a yeah, great I analogy. Mean, I think they've re they're, they're definitely like you said. I think they're they're they've studied this stuff. You know, they they're really into how it all works. Now this one is mine. The longest song. The longest song. It's <laughs> from super the punk long. band. From yeah, from Suicidal Man. How will I laugh tomorrow? This whole record is great, and you may notice a familiar face on bass on this record. One Robert Trujillo. Now bassist for. Bassist for Metallica. Metallica. Um, this whole record is great. I love the attitude that comes with Suicidal on pretty much every record. I, I bailed on, on Suicidal somewhere around like Lights, Camera, Revolution just because I think they with, with MTV and all that they kind of had a little too much of the Kool-Aid. But this is definitely it may not be their last great record but it's definitely their first great major label. After this he went and did like 
what's the stinky grooves or whatever the heck it was called or uh, infectious, infectious grooves. Um, okay. But I, I love. I, I think Mike Muir stays true to everything here, um, and this record is really good. This song I like a lot. I think about this song a lot. It's, I think he he has always been one to like put things that he's thinking about and things that he sees in the world out and in a song in a way that doesn't sound trite or overused. Um, and I was glad to put this one on there. Well, if you if you aren't going to give me Edge of a Broken Heart as a power ballad, I can't give you this one as a power ballad. But if we're in agreement, they both are. We're good, David. We're not. In we are not in agreement. This this one I think is in between ballad and rock. Edge of a Broken Heart is not a ballad. Not by any stretch. Yeah. No. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely like a, a down tempo song for at least for suicidal. It's a slower song for suicidal. Colin might be right. This isn't super ballady. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, you know what though, Dave? It's so long that at some point, <laughs> plenty of time. The There's plenty of time. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's got time. So uh, what? What? Uh, what more we want to say about this song? I don't know. We've got about five and a half more minutes, so. I will say okay. for sure. Now so I'm like, I mean, it. listen right now. This isn't about it. Stop it. Come so on. like uh, other songs David might have picked would include uh, some songs by like Kickaxe, Never <laughs> Let Go. That's a good one. Check that out. Good. It's, it's a deep cut for all you kickaxe fans out there also uh other deep cuts would include uh dancing this is where we this is where we get this is this This the the ballad part part. here we go here we go cobra here we go check that out is this the mosh breakdown for the ballad part yeah yeah that's good yeah this is less of a ballad than vixen all the lighters are thank you john i'm running a separate hole and dude's hair it's not it's this is coming from thing. somebody who's never experienced either sexy sex or dumper sex. <laughs> yeah, this is sexy sex with a full head bandana that goes over your eyes. No, you, you, you got a button all the way up with the Chino buttoned up your neck, like yeah. <laughs> right. You bust nope. out your homies. Nope, you're just, you're just burning you're those little down. characters. Yeah, oh yeah. Start setting them up on collection your, of start homies. Start setting them up on your dashboard. Yeah, Mike has those. I totally do. You're like, yeah, honey, careful with your foot. You're not going I, to the homies. I, I go to this great taqueria in, in Vegas, and while they're like making up like a Langla burrito for me, like, yeah, dude, you're popping quarters in the machine. See, I get, I got payaso. <laughs> he's always the best <laughs> because he's a cloud, buddy. Yeah. Is he? I don't think so. He's packing. <laughs> yeah, I totally do have all those. Dude, I was so happy yeah. when this record no, it, came out. It, it, Dude, Trip at the Brain? Like, suicide was like super cool. But really, oh, yeah. again, like the homework assignment. Yeah. So, such a great, such a great ballad. <laughs> There's like pictures of like in the video of like Mike Muir. He's got like his, his bandana low on his eyes and his, his chino button. And he's like right. standing, standing on this on the like the pier, looking. Yeah. So, so oh, actually, David, like, well, what's the song about? Actually, what's it about? Is that what we're going? 
Yeah, we are. Well, well, because it's it's going to be going for a while longer. Yeah, we got seven more minutes. So. Wait, what's it about? It's well, I mean, is is it how will I laugh tomorrow? So, like, what's what's if it I, about? If I so can't that's, even that's smile, title. that's the title. I smile it. today. That is the title of it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it's in reference to whatever the newest Adam Sandler movie on Netflix <laughs> is. <laughs> Yeah, I got Nick. Oh, Mars Murder Mystery Two is coming out. How will I laugh tomorrow? So, what's the song about? Dude, it's about like the 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 impact of the world on on ST, dude. Don't know what that means. Like the impact of the world on ST. Suicidal tendencies. Suicidal tendencies, dude. Yeah, so they're singing about like uh, they're capturing the emotion of the of the of the year. And this year is like 87, 88. Do I need to like put this into chat GBT so I can give you an essay? Is that what? Oh, no, no. We're just, we're just trying to, we're just trying to fill space here. Also no, other just... songs that you could also listen to that are oh actually ballads. Rough cut. The night cries out for you. What is wrong with listen you? To that Nobody's one. listening to that. You listen to that with a, with a nice partner. You do some sexy sex, it'll happen. Paul Shortino's vocals on that, it's a good side one ender. It's a good song. Also, uh, Steve Clark died uh, on this date, so we've mentioned like... Uh, right, fine, that's what the song's about. You know, bringing on the heartache. <laughs> Michael. Like stuff out. Your so, final song of the evening. Oh my gosh. There's more? Next? Next song? For, for anybody that is. What do you got here, Mikey? Oh, no ST. Yeah, you have Y. Yeah, and it's T. no, it's no ST. It's Y and T. Oh. Bitch. Um, here's a song that I snuck into our eighth grade dance party, John. If you remember that, it's like we don't, we're not gonna play any heavy metal records. Like, but you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this one in. Yeah. Teacher, whatever your name is, with baggy boots. That's <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna totally do this one, and um, you know it's like again for me, YNT was was a, a band that you know that I'd been introduced to, you know, a couple summers ago. By a couple couple summers ago, I mean like 1982, 83, like Black Tiger and uh, Main Street, and when. You know, uh, in Rock We Trust came out. He bought that shit like straight up, first day, uh, right there at California Music. And then you listen to the entire record, and this is an other album closer. And it is a song for me uh, as a person, as a human being on this earth, who's, you know, who has relationships with other people who are also on this earth, is. Uh, it's, it's a great sort of exploration of like what relationships are like, what they could be, what redemption is like, what you know restoration is like. And I did not know this when I was in eighth grade. I had no idea. I at eighth grade like I had like kissed one girl. That's it. 
but still. Um, Manichetti's got a great voice for ballads. They don't have a ton of voices, but it's so strong. Yeah. The only but, issue I ever had with this song is it, I, I, it gets up a little. It doesn't really get up enough. Like this part's really nice. I like this part a lot. Yeah. It's just like like every rose has its thorn. It just stays in one gear. Yeah, exactly. Because I love yeah. In Rock We Trust. That is probably yeah. my favorite Y&T record. And there's so much energy. Yeah, exactly, John. This one kind of just sort of idles, and and then that's it. I really wish it would have had a little more behind it. But it's a very pretty song. I don't know, yeah. man. I don't even like Y&T. And I think that chorus, that section of the chorus that just passed. Yeah. Pretty yeah, intense. It's a little it is. Production it just, flourishes in here. I mean, I think Mike, this, I, we got him. We finally got him. No, I didn't say I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think that there's. Uh, here's the thing: in the '80s, things were overproduced, and for bands like this, what that means is that the the dynamic range was compressed. So, like the quiet parts were as loud as the loud parts. And you can't hear that build and that pop that that should be in there. But the things that you do here are the, the lyrics, the songwriting, David Getty's, you know, singing, all those things are pure and true and part of the poetry of my youth and everything that is sort of like rung together to where I am now at 52 years of old. And Get up on the mic, Michael. It sounds like, like you're underwater. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying like this. Oh, there it we is, go. It, you, you can't like you can't gainsay like like they weren't doing these sort of songs just because they were cliche it's like it's just like a song that's buried at the bottom of the album you go back to their earlier records and stuff and they did like slow tune sort of like ballady songs on Mean Street Black yeah Tiger, it's a good Earth point Jason Michael they were doing it before it was a mandate yeah like they, they, they already had their like sort of like you know, they, they, they figured it out. And it's like, and, and what I, maybe that's the thing that like attracted to me as like a young kid. Like, like they have meditative moments and they're. they're you ever see them like play me. this live? Shit, I, I imagine not. I, imagine I haven't. Not. No, no, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. But like, but that that's what makes it a keeper for me. And it, it makes it sort of like, for me, just sort of like, uh, and, and for my wife, my love my life Cherie's like it's that's like one of our songs like yeah. when that comes on it's like it's a good song just like Colin's coming in with the finale it's got a weird ending is it, it gonna be a trickster song no this is this is from Vandenberg this is oh, this right. is burning heart you never heard this Good. I picked good. it for I picked it for two reasons. I think it's a great song, yeah. and and I wanted to discuss Adrian Vandenberg because I have to tell you he is an anomaly to me. He it is so strange that this dude gets absolutely no mention at all when people talk about music. Have you ever had anybody tell you Adrian Vandenberg is their favorite guitarist? Dude, I have a friend in Florida who is absolutely bananas for Adrian. Really? Because you're the first person I've ever heard talk about him in any way. Oh, no. You know what? It's somebody else. Right? Dave was joking, though, too. 
I just, I, I think it's a pretty song. I, I think, you know, Vandenberg, his time at Whitesnake was successful. I think the guy's talented. Dude, he had his own guitar. I just don't get how nobody ever talks about it. Hey, he, you, know, you know why, Colin? Here's my take on why no one talks about him. Is because when he was in Whitesnake, they had they had flashier players with prettier faces that were that were the front of that band. He gets overshadowed a little bit by Vivian Campbell, right? Mm-hmm. Then then it goes on, you know, his solo band, like Vandenberg as a band, never really did much. Like this is probably their biggest song. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, a... it's a very good song. But I yeah, think the reason people song. don't talk more about him is he was never one of those guitarists that was in like a powerhouse band. Uh, outside of playing with Whitesnake, but Whitesnake is like, it's David Coverdale and whoever's playing with David Coverdale at the time. That's that's Whitesnake. It's, it's not a team that you grew up loving. It's you're rooting for a logo basically with Whitesnake. And that logo is, is David Coverdale. He didn't have the spotlight on him like a Warren Demartini or an Eddie Van Halen or, you know, a band that had huge success, but also stayed together in a certain lineup to where people would get attracted to star players. He wasn't George Lynch or whatever other big guitarists of the time. You know what I mean? The the, the gunslingers that people started to attach to. I think Whitesnake's time in the sun was relatively short. Outside of, of fans of hard rock, really, for the mainstream, it's Whitesnake 87, and that's that. But, but he is definitely the guy in the video who's doing the Jimmy Page sort of bow on the frets. Yeah. Sort of solo, you know, in, in like still of the night. And and right. again, like for, for people who don't know Vandenberg, go back and look at their first couple records. That's they're they're a really good band. Yeah. I mean, um, but he and, he you know, he, another reason why, okay, so that's the biggest album he ever played on. He's barely on the record. Yeah. He did the solo for Here I Go Again. That's it. Oh, actually, he, he, he was only in the video. He was in the video. No, he did the solo. He, on the album, he does the solo for Here I Go Again. But that's it. It was recorded by John Sykes. Right. Yeah, of course. But yeah, no, he just did the solo. That's his only piece recorded on it. So he's the Rudy Sarzo of guitarists. That's why he's not famous. Huh? Rudy I mean, Sarzo listen, also yeah, I'll, I'll tell you in the... Yes. Well, he was, but he didn't record. The, the yeah. people knew who Agent Vandenberg was. I mean, he yeah. had his own model guitar. People knew exactly who he was. Now, when when Vandenberg, but I, but I think out, people knew who he was, David. Like talking along the lines of he had his own guitar, they knew who he was in the way they know who a Tony McAlpine is, or uh, you know what I mean, like one of those guys that's like very well respected but not famous mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree, but I mean, it's he wasn't nobody. I don't know. I don't know where somebody didn't get on the boat so to speak you know because he he definitely had his chance i think i mean there's a lot of problems you know particularly in the 80s don't call your name your band vandenberg don't call your name like van halen big difference big difference Anyway, we trampled over Colin's song. It's a nice song, Colin. (laughs) Not a terrible song. Actually, actually this exactly what happened is what I wanted to happen was a discussion about Adrian Vandenberg. Vandenberg. Yeah. One last Vandenberg fun fact. Look at the album covers that he put out. 
He painted yeah. those covers. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, interesting. The one with you the know who else painted their covers? Iron <laughs> shit. Pantera. I was gonna say Pantera. They're bad. They're, they're, the album covers are bad. They look like the early, early Judas Priest records so, that like so just don't make a lot of sense. Other idea so of, like what a power ballad is? Wait a second. Nope. His playlist no. is, is, is sliding that into something else. That was our last no, track. That was our last track. No, I mean that, that's not it. I mean that might be one of the top five power ballady songs of the playlist. I mean, it's, it's good. We'll probably get it's some really poor, good. We'll get some poor soul on Facebook who will be like, I was never, I never heard of Vandenberg. Thank you. And I'll be like, oh no. That's right. Oh, and then yeah. we'll get somebody else to be like, I knew that somebody was going to tell Oh shit. Colin has already him. told you that the people support him. Yes, they do. You don't need and any, it. Don't anybody. As far as like uh, our, our, our love of power ballads go, it's like you listen to the Hair Nation station or you listen to like Hair Nation deep cuts. Even. I don't listen to the radio. It's like this is XM, so it's not really radio. I don't listen it's to like the... HBO. But yeah, I only listen to things I want to listen to. Yeah. And then, but you know, anyhow, but they mostly play like. I would say like 40% ballads, just ballads. Huh. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, you, so you hear that, that Vanderbilt song all the fucking time. You hear the Winger song played all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, those were the so songs that had legs. Those internet you know I mean? people love, love Ch- Kip Winger. Yes, well, no, but also if you're gonna if you're just gonna spin through the hits of the time, you know those songs all got a lot of coverage back then, and and still do. They're fan favorites to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like you ask people to name a Motley Crue song outside of of metal people, or you know people like us go. who who name it. The first song they're gonna name is "Home Sweet Home." Yeah, that's, most that's. That's gonna be the panning winner right there. It's like there you go, like, ding, and, and we've gone full circle. Yep. Now are you gonna start the dock full for circle yet? Howard Ballads three soon, John? Not not soon. <laughs> for another sixty I, I, episodes I would from say now. If we if yeah if we return to this well, which we likely will, uh, maybe next year. Uh, we'll, we'll get back because I have, have two or three already in my head. We have lots of other things. Didn't even get Man of War on there yet. That's yes. right. See, see. Yes. Now I have three of three in my head. Uh, you know, we we have been formulating <laughs> our plan uh, to entertain y'all for the rest of this year. But uh, let us know what you're thinking as well. Uh, it sounds like our buddy Tony Maxwell has finally oh, circled no. his wagons with with an Aussie 20 for us. So that, nice. that, that is an episode to come. Tony is going to come on the show with us. Thank and we'll God. We'll do a listening party of uh, of metal down under. That's going to be with great. him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, because it's it's. I think it's going to be a lot of bands. I miss Tony. Really, I'm hey, so curious you don't have to miss this. him for long. He's going to be here soon. And then who else uh, I miss? Joey Mahoney. We should have Where, Joey where's on Joey's as well. Let's let's think of a, a Philadelphia centric metal uh you know episode that we can do with joey i think that would be great we've got some listening parties coming up there's some really good uh anniversaries this year 40th anniversary and 35th anniversary those episodes will be coming up we will return to the metal bowl come uh super bowl weekend yes uh that will be coming we'll have a fantasy festival on the way we will have a fantasy band all the way all your favorite books coming out too 
will be returning. There are some books coming out. Brian Slagle's got a new book coming out. I've reached out to him to see if he wants to come have a chat with us. Well, Brian Um, Slagle. I'd love to have Slagle. Like that guy's got some stuff to say. And uh, yeah, re- reached out to a, a couple different bands behind the scenes. There's some tours going out this summer and we're working on that too. Yeah. So if there's Exciting. something you want to hear, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. Just search Middle-Aged Metalheads. We've got a good group going over there with polls and pictures and links and whatever else anyone wants to, to send our way. We mm-hmm. are on Instagram at Metal Podcast. We're still on Twitter at M-A-M-H Pod. Uh, where else? That's it, huh? Yeah, pretty much. We're not hard to find. Are we on TikTok? Let us know. We're not TikTok. We will see you soon. Thanks again for listening from Michael Stamps, Colin Bossler, David Timoney, and myself, John Harden. We'll see you next week.